Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Dr. Einat Kaufman is head of psychotrauma, the crisis and response unit at uh, Hatsala, uh, at United Hatsala. And we wanted to chat to her about the experience of treating newly returned hostages, as well as the state of mind of first responders, because obviously that is not to be underestimated either. The trauma, the post-traumatic stress, the, the way in which this must impact every aspect of their life is a significant. Dr. Anat Kaufman, a very good morning. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm great. Shalom. So, so the, this has, first of all, there's a nation that is traumatized. I don't think that, that it obviously differs greatly in terms of somebody who was a hostage, somebody whose family uh, was, was concerned about them. Then there's the responders. Then there's the, the soldiers. But there's so many layers of, of trauma that has uh, uh, really been inflicted upon a nation. Where does one even start? <laughs> Actually, we started the 7th of October. For us, it's, it's like a really long, extreme day since then until today. We are not yet in the post-trauma situation uh-huh. because we are still in war. Mm-hmm. We are still in trauma. The post-trauma effect is beginning after the trauma is end. So that's going to be a hope really soon, but I have no idea when it's going to end. So we are still in trauma. The hostages are being kept over there. There are hostages who finally come home, but it was like 50 days ago. The soldiers are still in fighting, and we have any moment it can happen, a siren, and I have to run from this interview and go to a shelter. Hmm. So we are still in trauma, and uh, we are all in trauma because the, the, for me, the 7th of October began in huge sirens, six and a half in the morning. And I live in the center of Israel. I live in Rishon Etzion, which is mm. actually 15 kilometers from Tel Aviv, which is quite in the center. Right. And and I have so many sirens, and it was really scary because it came in surprise. Because like the sixth of October was fine. We were festing in Simchat Torah. Mm. Everything was really nice and fine. It's Shabbat, which is really kept in Israel. It's really quiet day. Mm. And then the war began. In my job, I begin to work at nine o'clock. I work with uh, families who were hostages in the house and they were captured in house. And I didn't know even how to help them because I didn't understand what's happened over there. Yeah. The, I, I worked with the uh, families who were kept in the kibbutz and they will tell me, I, I hear s- some noises, perhaps uh, the soldiers will come to save us. And then we understand that it's in Arab and say, okay, this is terrorist. And then the, there was like a huge dilemmas. I feel a, I feel a smell of a, of something is burned. What do I do? Do I stay in the shelter? We are run away, and they will kill me. And and we didn't even understand what's happened. Okay. So it, and during these calls, I was keep running to the shelter, and then I come back back to my house, and have to take care for my children. And then my husband called me at uh, 10 o'clock and he said, I'm sorry, my love, but I have to go to war. And then he he went, he went to the war and he's then, since then he's over there. So sometimes I feel like a 16 years old, my soldier is coming home, but I keep working all day long. So for us, the war is continuing. It's never end. And we always have the threat of the North. If, if it's going mm, to be, it's mm. going to be worse. 
and, uh, and and what what you're describing is is so well it's overwhelming because there's so many different parts there's you as a mother you as a wife you as the as as a psychologist and you as just a fearful person who who is responding to war and terror and worrying about everything and and at the same time knowing that you're in a better situation and, 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 and it's not about being in a better situation but able to help other people and therefore responsible to help people who are going through things that you aren't but everybody is dealing with something at some level is, is this what you call a complex trauma? It, it, it will be a complex trauma in the future right now it's just a trauma level right okay okay because we are all traumatic right now even my dog i have a golden retrieval she's beautiful okay right. that's what the first time for her to hear sirens ah. and since then she's afraid to stay alone wow so every time i have to leave my house i ask for my kind neighbor can you please wow. in case of siren just open the door and take her with you to the safe place because she is afraid so it, it affects everybody, okay? Yeah, yeah. This, this is actually our life since October. And, mm. the, and the thing is, as a therapist, for example, when we, I start working with the hostages who finally release and come home, it was really tough because I didn't have any theories to, to be relevant on that. Okay, all the theories that we have of hostages, it's like uh, soldiers, but this is not the same because they're children and civilians. So I take like uh, uh, Holocaust theories, but it's mm, not the mm, same because mm. it was a different. So I try to work with uh, theories after Boko Haram in Africa, but it's different. And then as therapists, we're actually rebuilding the theories again because this is yeah. something so, so it doesn't exist. I mean, I, yeah, yes, if you think about it, maybe you've got... Um, you've got the Iranian situation back in in the day where people were held hostage. But it, there's nothing that's the same no. because these are families, older people, younger people, uh, children, 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 children. Children. And, yeah. and they were kept in, in caves and, uh, and they were afraid and they were starving and they, they saw terrible, terrible things. And yeah, they, well, I mean, then there's the the, yeah. They told them, whenever you come home, you know that you have one of the members of the family is kept with us, so you have to be silenced. And this silence, it's it's terrible, because they are not able even to talk. Yeah, because yeah. they are afraid. Yeah, and but I think yeah, that from yeah. from what I understand, and and my daughter-in-law's family uh, was they lived at in Beeri, and uh, they were thankfully uh, they had a terrible, obviously as everybody did, had a terrible, terrible day, but they survived it, and but can't even today can't really speak about it. It's too it's too much, and and if you think about that that. These are people who, who should would have been able to talk about it, but they are. Ju- it's too. It's it's almost like they don't want to open the floodgates of those feelings because there's they're still worrying about their children and they're not living at home. They're living in the center of Israel until they can re, uh, you know, go back and rebuild. It it's they they can't afford in a way to go to pieces, and I think that's probably a big fear of many people. Yeah. 
I think also the, the theory is that if, I'm sorry, this is my puppy. She's playing with the toy. <laughs> you know what? As long as as long as she's happy and feeling okay and secure, we are fine with yeah, that. Yeah, uh, she's fine. She's just playing. I'm so sorry. Uh, Don't worry. I, I mean, the thing is, when when you are a survivor, sometimes you want to to keep safe and and help the others and mm. protect them and not share with them about the terrible things that you pass. Yeah. Even children. Yeah. Okay, so they, they, they will not share with their families or their friends because they don't want the others to be afraid. Right, right. And uh, so, so this is a this is is this a lifetime journey or is this is this something that people can really process in in over a a defined period? It's a tricky thing. From one side, eighty five percent. Oh, there we go. The, the, toy, the, toy. the toy has been confiscated. Yeah. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> From one side, 85% of the, of the people will recover by themselves without right. needing even psychology. Right. From the other side, the other 15, they have layers of trauma ahead. So that's going to be really, really difficult, difficult. in the future. But this 85% will have uh, autoimmune disease in the future. What? In case... They will have like uh, diabetes, uh, pressure, cholesterol, even cancer, wow. uh, uh, heart problems, okay? So blood pressure problems, uh, migraines, uh, fibromyalgia, you name it. Wow. So the thing is, for us to prevent that, we have to access therapy as much fast as we can. So this is why our intervention in United Asala, it begins in the first day, okay? For our medics, in the first day, they got a call, and after a few days, we have a meetings, and we are doing group and therapies. So this is what, how we work, to prevent and to help the people to recover from this situation as fast as they can. Unbelievable. Just keep doing the incredible work, but just make sure that you give yourself the space and time as well. Thank uh, you. That's Dr. Enat Kaufman. I know she has another session now that she needs to go to at 8.45, so we're going to end it there. Dr. Enat Kaufman is the head of Psychotrauma Crisis and Response at the uh, United Hatsala Unit.